I'm Chuck. And I'm Buck. It is the Buck and Chuck Gaming Connection. And today we're going to talk about Dragon Ball Fighters, one of our most anticipated games of 2018. And we've been playing it for a few months, and we want to give our feedback on it. Yeah, we've pretty much been playing it all year. It came out, I think, January 29th. Is that right? I think that's true. Same day as Monster Hunter? Yeah, that's what it was. Yep. End of January. That was that was a great that was like a great weekend in gaming right there that for was. me. That's, yeah. I mean just in general, even for me, even though I didn't get seven hundred hours into Monster Hunter, however many you put in. It was only like three hundred and I didn't anticipate it at all. Talk about a game I did not I was kind of opposed to getting and then I got it. I was blown away by it. But that's not the game we're talking about today. Because <laughs> that would be a heck of a one-sided conversation, I think. <laughs> it would be. Yeah, but Dragon Ball Fighters was, was a pretty impressive reveal of uh, June 2017 at the Microsoft's press conference at E3. It was kind of out of left field. I know that I was watching it live when it happened. I don't remember what game was before or what five games were after it. But I just remember when the reveal started, the animation for when Goku popped up, it spun around him, and then he went Super Saiyan for the first time. And just the crowd went crazy, and I got like a tingle down my spine. I was like, oh my god. This is like exactly, <laughs> yeah, this is like exactly what I always wanted a Dragon Ball game to look like. I remember I was working at the time, and I was like, what the world? I got a bunch of texts from you, like, you got to watch this video. Like, oh, what the heck? Oh, my gosh, this is like the Marvel game we wanted. Well, that's, that's for what, sure. That's what DBZ Fighters felt like, especially at the time after they showed, because they showed Marvel at E3, and it looked like hot garbage with the faces looking atrocious, and the story mode was, we know how bad it was. And then DBZ Fighters came in at the perfect time, like, oh, this is this is what you guys should have done. Being huge fans of DBZ like we are, especially especially myself, I know you were a pretty big one too, but man, that was just, that was epic. Yeah, I mean, it was a long time coming too. I mean, there's been, don't get me wrong, there's almost unlimited Dragon Ball games at this point, but this was, this was the big one, to be sure, the, the most, the one with the most fanfare and... And, and maybe we'll we'll get to that a little bit. But we do want to, I know we've talked about it in the podcast before, kind of our history with the franchise. Uh, it's, it's how we, you know, sparked up our first conversation and became uh, friends way back in the day, back in fifth grade, oh, elementary yeah, fifth school. Grade yeah. Tsunami. That's right. It, I read somewhere that it, it started running on Tsunami uh, August 98. Yeah, that would be right. I actually had, I was into, I bought the, okay, can't talk now. (laughs) (laughs) So I used to watch the original Dragon Ball was syndicated on our local Fox station at 6 a.m. back in 94, 95. When I first got into the series, and then I saw Dragon Ball Z came out, and they actually had the, um, a couple of the VHS dub tapes came out here, the Saiyan Saga, and I bought, um, it was the first tape, it was DBZ Arrival. And had just the whole, the Raditz fight, and ever since then I was hooked. That was back in, I want to say, early 97 when I first got it. And it didn't play anywhere around here. It was actually syndicated uh, around the the Louisville, Kentucky area where um, my cousin Monk lived around there. And he used to tape episodes for me, so besides the Arrival stuff, I have a few 
uh, like one-off episodes from the Namek Saga from back then. Nice. Well, that's kind of how viewing anime worked back then. It was hard to get a hold of. It was really hard. And plus, the tapes were 20 to 25 bucks each for three episodes on a VHS tape. Yeah, which is ridiculous when you can go and buy the entire series on DVD <laughs> for that much right now. Yeah, because I watched, I can't tell you how many times I watched that as a big old clamshell VHS tape of Arrival. It's the name of it. it had, actually, it had four episodes, so it was a bargain. With the whole um, Raditz saga, if you want to call it that. Just uh, <laughs> Was that only four episodes? Yeah, it was four episodes. It seemed like a lot more at the time, but yeah. It was freaking epic, and like compared to the cartoons we're used to watching, it seemed like the characters were super powerful. It was way more um, adult than than just the uh, U.S. cartoons in general, for the most part at the time. So, yeah, it pretty much blew my mind. I was going to say, like the closest thing to that that I had watched was like Power Rangers at this point. Like I'd never watched any anime before I saw what what little anime was on Toonami when it first came out. So like Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball, Gundam Wing. I'm sure Outlaw there was some Star. other ones. But, well, Outlaw Star was later. I mean, that That's was true. That was a few years later, I think, after Dragon Ball Z took off and pretty much blew up Toonami and made it just that popular after-school uh, celebration of action uh, Japanese anime. Because when Toonami started back in 97, it was actually had uh, Thundercats, as I started watching Toonami. Thundercats was on there, along with uh, Voltron, which I guess was kind of the first anime on there. And then they had Robotech, too. Kind of the first original iteration of Toonami. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't. I did not start watching Toonami right away. Um, I and Beast act- Wars was actually on there too because I love that show and still Beast do. Wars was great. Yeah, I think I watched that more on like like Saturday morning or something, but I don't remember what channel I watched it on. My experience with like cartoons and stuff that I was watching before that I was I loved Cartoon Network. I was like a huge fan of. I eventually became like a huge fan of like. Uh, what would be cartoon show like the Dexter's Lab? Yeah, whatever. I forget what those were called. Like like cartoon Friday, cartoons. Friday. They were yeah, called. Car- yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So those were kind of my thing. Ed, Ed and Eddie, Johnny Bravo. I loved watching that stuff. But that was Ouch. even after Dragon Ball Z was on Toonami. If I remember correctly, I think that was even. Well, parts of it were um, like Cow and Chicken and Dexter's Lab and Johnny Bravo started in '96. So that would have been before that, because I remember watching Cow and Chicken and my brother because they had, like, hype ads for it during, like, wrestling from 96, like WrestleMania 12. Yeah, it's a pretty dumb show. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty dumb show. But that was the point. I'm assuming after after they ran those shows, because I know Sailor Moon was on Toonami before Dragon Ball got released. I'm pretty sure. I think so, because I think like Beast Wars was a big one they had on Toonami. I think that was still on while Dragon Ball was, and it was on there before. Right. So Dragon Ball was still just like the first anime that I ever like sat down and watched every day. So I wanted to get that story, uh, get to see you know the character arcs, things like that. But it and was a, a big thing Dragon Ball did too. I don't mean to cut you off there, oh, but go ahead. it actually told a story like a lot of american cartoons were just episode by episode like it'd be everything would be self-contained where dragon ball told like an overarching story the entire time which was also new at least to me i'm sure it was to you too i'm sure it was i don't remember that being like a reason why i was into it 
I can uh, very distinctly remember seeing the uh, like the previews of what was going to happen next episode at the end, which was something that we weren't used to. Just just getting real hyped seeing you know something cool happen. Yeah, so, it made you want to come back for the yeah. next one. We were growing boys at that point, so you know we were like ten, eleven years old. So it was a it was a very fun action packed show. Not a I don't want to compare it to like something like Gundam Wing that there's like there's Deep just this ridiculous intrigue. amount of <laughs> uh, there's political intrigue. The plot is actually pretty complex. The plot doesn't get much more simple than Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> the plot. A lot of powering up, uh, a little bit of fighting each episode if we were lucky. Half an episode of recap to start the episode. Yeah. I have a lot of criticism like going back to Dragon Ball Z now. But when it, when I watched it as a kid, it was perfect. It was, Kept my it was attention the whole time. Obviously both of us we watched, you know, uh, all of the different uh all the different arcs, everything from the Saiyan saga all the way through the Buu saga. And definitely the Saiyan saga and the Cell saga being my favorite. Yeah, my favorite's the Saiyan saga, just I think hands down. And I think after that, probably be the toward the end, the Boo Saga. Yeah, I, I mean, don't think it's all... a super popular one, but I mean, they're all really solid. The the last five minutes on Planet Namek being those, you know, 37 episodes or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, well, that was that was rough. I mean, like the second half of the uh, the Namek Saga was pretty great. Yeah, it was for sure. Yeah, I mean, what, once you got the good new force in there, well, they make over. everything the better. Best. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But in saying that, we loved the show and we always got excited for any DBZ game that got announced or that we saw, you know, images of from Japan. And I know, uh, Buck, you had a lot more experience with that than I did. Yeah, when we were little, especially around the time, you know, we're like 10, 11, 12. The only way you could get games were to import them and they were ridiculously expensive, like for Dragon Ball Z Legend of Super Saiyan on the RPG on SNES that I actually beat, even though it was completely in Japanese, I still got through with walkthroughs and FAQs. Um, basically, I was trying to find my way to download any ROMs I could to play those games. And that was illegal definitely there, a lot you know. more difficult back then, too. Yeah, you couldn't just go to... They weren't at every site, and it wasn't uh, near as easy to do back then as, obviously, it is now. And that was just trying to trying to hunt those down. If you wanted to actually get a legit copy of the game and play it, I actually modded my Super Nintendo, and it's the one I still have. That there's two little tabs in it you have to break off. It's the only difference between the the Super Famicom and Super Nintendo carts. We have, our carts have two little ridges in the back, so if you basically saw off those two little plastic things in there, we can play Japanese games, which that's what my SNES is modded to do. God, if only modding was that simple nowadays. Yeah, exactly. And I swear <laughs> more people do it now, too. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, all you got to do is just mutilate your device. That's it. That's all you yeah. need. Easy. But yeah, I would get super hyped just looking up the images and, you know, those early days of the internet between uh, looking up, trying to find Pika Blue and sending Chuck to do that versus looking at these DBZ images and trying to get ROMs. It was a good time. What was your favorite uh, Dragon Ball game from those days? Oh, man, probably the uh, the Super Nintendo there, Legend of a Super Saiyan, was really good. It was actually a solid RPG, and you could be like all the characters. And you went it went from the from Raditz through the the Frieza saga, and 
you could have where like you didn't have Tian, Yamcha, and Shao Tzu didn't have to die. They could actually make it through like the Nappa fight, and you could have Tian like owning Frieza on Namek. So that was pretty cool. And then there were uh, the two D fighters were not the greatest. I mean, the ones on uh, the Super Nintendo were just really slow and clunky, especially compared to stuff from the late 90s and early 2000s at the time. But uh, Dragon Ball Legends on the PlayStation was actually a really good game and had a ton of characters, and that one was super fun. So that and Legend of the Super Saiyan are probably my two favorites. Yeah, fair enough. I don't think I've actually played either one of those, unless you made me play them and I forgot about them. You played Legends for a little bit. That's the way, like, the original PlayStation I had, I had to put, I had, like, had this blue crown that was like the perfect size that I had to prop up the PlayStation do because you had to do like a swap trick with the disc to make a, an import one work. So yeah, you used to have to play the PlayStation with the lid open and a blue crown in there so it could still have the pin down where the disc would spin. I could swap them out. Yeah, I remember you doing that. I just don't remember that game. I just remember you forcing yourself to let me play Final Bout <laughs> once. Because it's like, oh yeah. Yeah, I want to try that. That looks cool. (laughs) Oh, that was a good investment. You turned a profit on that, but man, that game's terrible. That game was atrocious. I don't think there's anything redeeming about it, actually. Might have the worst controls of any fighting game I've ever played. And those, and didn't they get like new voice actors for like half the cast? And it just sounded really strange. Well, it came out before, well, it was different voice actors than like the Ocean dub. And it was came out really before we'd had much dubbing here, period. So, oh, yeah, so you didn't know any better at that point. I didn't know any better. Okay, yeah, I've watched videos since of just like the character select screen. I'm just like, oh, that's painful. <laughs> I ended up buying my Game Boy Advance in several games, so it was it was definitely worth it. The thirty bucks I invested in it. Well, I'm sure you got some fun out of it at the time. I don't know if it. I had, I, shockingly, I actually got a lot of fun out of it at the time. I thought it was go. pretty awesome. Well, and it. it like I said, these games were hard to come by. So if you could get anything, you spent you spent some time with it because that was kind of special in its day. So I get that. I mean, Dragon Ball Z games are a dime a dozen now. There's more of them coming out now than there were back then. I, I mean, it's hard to argue. Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, it's it's almost just as popular now as it was then. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's our generation's keeping it alive because I'm pretty sure that's where most of the fans are from. We're doing it with Dragon Ball. We're doing it with Pokemon. Well, I get it's ridiculous. If I'm wearing a Dragon Ball shirt, like I get more just random people that Dude, I mean, you I wouldn't too. Think getting it compliments out. Yeah, yeah. I have this. Uh, I, I have this Dragon Ball shirt with just like Goku and Frieza on it and some Japanese text, and I've had on more than one occasion just like people like leaving like the drive-through of a McDonald's while I'm walking in, and they're just like, "Sweet shirt, bro." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> All right, cool. And it could be like any all shapes and sizes. Usually it's either uh, people our age or a little, probably between like 20 and 40. Yeah, but yeah it's it's freaking, I get more compliments between, yeah, usually just I have an over 9,000 Vegeta shirt that I wear as just like a, a tank top to the gym and stuff, and then a few other ones. And yeah, you get more compliments on those shirts than pretty much anything. Yeah, well, I mean, the series has been running for decades at this point so I, it's it's touched a lot of people that's for sure lots and of I'm fond actually, memories for i'm actually very much looking forward to because uh, i haven't watched super yet so i'm very much looking forward to once the uh once the entire series comes out the english dub 
It's very hit and miss. I'll say that there was some, there was some good stuff and there was some head scratchers. I'm just, just kind of looking forward to the tournament arc. Really? That also was hit and miss. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Fair enough. Have you watched all of it? Have you finished the, the series? Yeah, I watched all of it. I was watching it as they aired at the time. Bust them out and watch them shortly after that on Crunchyroll, like the same night. Nice. I couldn't do that. I don't have that subscription. It's I don't free. watch it. I do not. <laughs> on, Crunchyroll is free. Yes, it's free. Oh, I thought it was a subscription base, like Netflix was. Well, you can get it. The subscription one has no ads. I have the free one. All you oh. have to do is watch two minutes of ads. So, well, it shows what free. I know. But that also shows like how much like I'm trying to find anime to watch, which is not that often. <laughs> so. It's not that I'm against it, it's just not usually something that I seek out. Well, it's like games. Games, TV, anime, whatever, streaming services, there's so much at our disposal these days, there's no time. And I spend most of my time playing video games anyway, so yeah, I don't I don't watch a ton of TV. Uh, and when I do, it's waiting for Castlevania to come out on Netflix. <laughs> That's it. So I've watched my TV for the year. <laughs> what do you want to talk about with Dragon Ball Fighters then? You want to just kind of start out with the beta, or where you want to start? We can start with the beta. So the uh, the beta came out was that three weeks before the game released. Yeah, it was right around early it January. Was, so that was online only, and I assumed was that also on the Xbox or is that only on the PS4? I can't I, remember. I assume it was on both. I just I played it on the PS4 because yeah. you know, like us and basically all of our friends, I'm like the only one that has an Xbox One. So yeah, and that was. That was I don't remember it necessarily being a really tough beta to like get games during, but I think like the first day or two was pretty rough. Yeah, just the there were just connection issues. We'd be getting booed out of the lobby a ton. Which you you, get, ex- you do expect. I mean, yeah, it it's a beta. beta. It's no Fallout 76 train wreck from what no. I've heard, but I mean, oh, it was a... <laughs> I've been watching videos on that for the last few days. That has been hilarious. <laughs> Doesn't that come out pretty soon? It comes out in like two and a half weeks, dude. Nice. <laughs> there, but it shouldn't. <laughs> Old bug Tesla. Yeah. So Dragon Ball Fighters uh, beta was way better off than that. And I was going to say, I think both of us got, I don't know, I got at least a good 20 matches in that weekend. Yeah, I got at least, a, it was a few hours into it for sure. I probably got like three, four, five hours put into it between that Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun, and like I was telling Buck before we actually started the podcast, that was when I was at my best at the game. Nobody else knew how to play it. I was destroying noobs, and it was totally worth it. Well, at that time, too, I was expecting like it, it to be a, a normal Arc System Works fighter, which are pretty freaking complicated by fighting game standards. Instead, it was more of a uh, Ball versus Capcom style versus fighter, which was uh, a little mashy and not as complicated to wrap your head around so that was it's that's good and bad which i'm sure we'll get to later absolutely because it's definitely not as deep as i think the marvel vs. capcom series is no certainly not there's too much parody between characters yeah I, and that's certainly true of uh the roster that came with the release of the game the dlc somewhat got away from that but it's still pretty prevalent across the board yeah, there's a little bit of syndrome where if you know how to play one character, you can pretty much pick up anyone and, and do okay. Whereas if you're playing um, like another Arc System Works Fire, you're playing Blaze Blue. I can't pick up anybody and do okay, but I mean, everyone <laughs> plays completely different. 
Yeah, they definitely uh, tried to get it to be a little bit more noob friendly there. It's it, it's far more casual than any Arc System Works game that I've played to date. Yeah, you don't have to worry about Roman cancels and whatever else is in Guilty Gear. A lot of terminology that you might be more familiar with than I am. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, a little bit, but not much. <laughs> you hit most of them. Okay. With Arc System Works being the developer, we got... Literally, probably the most beautiful video game I've ever seen in motion. Yeah, it looks. I mean, it's like you're watching the anime. I mean, oh, it's unreal. It's it better looks, than the anime. Looks, that's what I was going <laughs> to say. It looks better than the anime, especially the early episodes. It's insane. Yeah, up until this point, we didn't really have any games that recreated the art style as well as we would have wanted it to. Uh, people could make the the argument that maybe uh, the Xenoverse games, or I guess maybe it was a Dragon Ball Z Super. What was that one that was on the Xbox that was mostly just like a cinematic fighting game? Or you didn't? Oh, the one that I much? bought were yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't remember the name of it, but yeah, you basically was like rock paper scissors where you like clash in each other, and then you did like I'm gonna hit left. If you hit right, I'm gonna own you. Yeah, I don't remember what the name of that one was, but. Super Blast, Sparking Blast, I don't remember, but it was a... Uh, it was, I don't think it was either one of those. Because you had the Raging not. Blasts, unlike the PS3. But uh, It was kind of cool, because that was the first one where you could actually create your own your own fighter. So that, that part, that's why I bought it, and I actually had a decent amount of fun with that game. Well, that's true, and it, it, it looked really good. Like They put a lot of, of the production budget into making the animations look really flashy. The battles looked really cool, but it was really just a glorified QTE the yeah. problem with it. For and, sure. and I mean, you had games before and after, like, yeah, you had the Tenkaichi series before that, which was when that game came out, especially the first one. I know both of us loved that one to death. Yeah. That, that seemed at the time I was like, oh, well, this is what I think the perfect Dragon Ball game would be. Because that pretty much did everything I wanted it to do. It was fun. It was 3D. It was fast-paced. It had, uh, you know, it had energy blast uh, or beam struggles, I should say, not energy blast struggles. Who says it, that? It was pretty legendary. Yeah, no, we played the crap out of that game. You had to spend a lot of time unlocking all the characters. It had a huge roster, everybody that you'd want, even probably more people than you'd want. But that was okay. That was never a problem. Exactly. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, even before that, I know a lot of people like the Budokai series, which was actually, see, that was on the PS2 and GameCube back then. Right. And that was uh, 2D. There was three of those, and they were both, and the, the three of those were uh, 2D fighters. Those were ones I didn't have a lot of experience with, but I know a lot of uh, Dragon Ball purists consider those to be the, the best Dragon Ball fighter fighting games before fighters came out. Yeah, I mean, they weren't necessarily my cup of tea, but I can respect what they do and what they did for the the genre and everything there. And for Dragon Ball in general, they gave us a respectable fighting game, which we didn't have before. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, that was they actually tried to recreate the uh, the anime art style in a a decent way back then. I thought they actually did pretty good with uh, with what with they the, were working with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there was nothing wrong with that. And, I mean, up until that point, the Dragon Ball games were pretty terrible. So, 
it definitely got a lot of love back then. Also true. <laughs> yeah, that was certainly worth uh, worth a look. And I know especially uh, Budokai 3 is still a lot of people's favorite Dragon Ball game to date. It's not mine. Certainly that. not mine. I would say Dragon Ball Fighters is... I'd say probably easily my favorite one, but I would I would actually argue that Xenoverse 2 is actually pretty close. Yeah, it's just a different type of experience. I mean, yeah. Fighters scratches that traditional fighting game itch and is a lot more uh, competitive where I'm not even going to try and play Xenoverse. I've played a few matches online, and that game's broken, which is fine. It's not a, a game you expect to f- see a tournament scene and be competitive with online and everything, but it's super fun just to basically create your own Dragon Ball character and do anything with them. Yeah, I mean, for me, it scratches the itch of what I like in a game, which is it's like an addictive RPG mechanic uh, that's fun to interact with. And Xenoverse has, it, it. they're not deep RPG mechanics. You level up, you do side quests, you, you learn different moves from different characters, and you just kind of customize... Uh, one or more characters to use those any way you see fit. Well, and I mean, that's, that's the best part fan, to me is the, the customization aspect of, like, man, I can give my dude that I made look however I want to, however cool or stupid, and then I give him whatever moves I want. Like, I can use Jace's Crusher Ball or the Trunks' Finish Basta or whatever and just have a unique combination of stuff that it just feels cool and unique scratches that itch the customization itch i was gonna say i i would imagine the the part of that game that you probably didn't love was how repetitive and grindy it can be to get this get those options and i I can definitely see why people wouldn't like that but even if you don't i mean it still gives you the opportunity to play arcade and versus modes just with your favorite dragon ball characters without the customization if you want to yeah, that's still there too. Yeah, and I mean it's still it's still flashy fun. It's not it's not a there's no super deep mechanics. Although I bet it's deeper than either one of us give it credit for. Um, oh, I'm sure it probably is because I've never tried to for it to be anything even remotely deep. So right, easily could be. But Dragon Ball Fighters is pretty deep. It, it's much deeper than I, I think it is. I haven't played it to a very high level uh, pretty much at all. I haven't gone online with the game. I spent most of my time just uh, uh, playing single-player arcade modes, spending a lot of time in training mode, and then playing two-player versus with people that come over to my house that usually aren't very good at it. <laughs> so I haven't had the you know, the kind of like climbing the ranks online experience uh, that a lot of people are drawn to in a fighting game. Uh, it's not e- usually what I go to. I usually spend a lot of time doing single player content, but I'm Dragon Ball Fighters the... doesn't have a lot of good single player content. No, it has a lot of single player content, just not a lot of good single player content. That's right. And that would definitely be one of the main cons. Like, I like arcade mode. Like, they actually put an arcade mode in it. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> fine. It definitely does its job. Arcade mode, I have no problem with it. The only... Wait, I have one problem with it. I don't know how much time you spent with it, but when you play it on, like, hard, and it, you'll have, like... You set how many stages you want to go through. But once you get to, like, the last couple, the characters do, like, 300% damage to you. It's like, they make the AI harder, and then they also do, like, three times damage to you. 
which is it feels pretty cheap. I I mean I didn't spend that much time with it. I spent enough time to unlock uh, the Super Saiyan Blues. So other than that, I remember it not being too terribly hard at the time, and I didn't don't think I even picked it up after that. I mean it was fine for what it was. I thought. I think I did have to go through a couple times when you have to to get the S rank, but other than that, I didn't really notice that too much. But that does make sense now. It's like the old arcade way of making things harder. Just make a AI super cheap and do more damage. It just seems more prevalent in this one because just like a basic combo will kill one of your characters. So that's a little much because in a normal match, it would take probably four or five of those to kill a character. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. What about that story mode, though? I know you oh, spent gosh. a lot more time with that. I I spent probably two or three hours with it the other day. Very underwhelming. <laughs> hey, stop trying to put story modes in your games, in your fighting games specifically. It's unnecessary. But, I mean, this story mode could have been okay if it didn't have the most branded AI on the planet. They literally don't do anything. They just stand yeah. there and get hit. Yeah, you went like halfway through it, didn't you? And they yeah. still didn't get any better than they did in like the Heroes oh, no, arc. It, it never changes, no. To my knowledge, it's just atrocious. I wonder why they made that decision. Or did they just forget to put that code in there? Because they really I, do I just pretty so. much stand there like training dummies. And they may throw an attack and occasionally. But the entire point of the story mode besides the extra little bits of plot, the original story that was designed for it, is to kind of be like a an RPG slash like survival mode where you're supposed to be playing through with the different characters and kind of managing their health in between matches. But you never have to. First off, your characters get... I, don't, I assume your characters get stronger when they level up. I couldn't really tell. I think they get yeah. more health. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Matter. It doesn't really matter <laughs> because you never get hit. It's very strange because yeah, yeah, like you said, it could be fun because you're going through and you're just doing, uh, you're going through like these these strangely created maps and trying to like save like the heroes or if you're playing with the villains, you're trying to save the other villains, add them to your team, and then you can level them up and take them through the the story mode with you. But there's just not a reason to do it. No challenge whatsoever. The only reason that anybody ever did it was to unlock Android 21. And then it lasts... I mean, I put probably 8 to 10 hours into it, and I'm not done with it, and this is one that you want to be done with. Yeah, that's disappointing. For sure. Because I see, like, there, it, it could be promising. It could be if they, like, patched some AI in there. Maybe It'd it, be an it, easy fix for a sequel, for sure. Or just like a super mode, or a super mode, uh, super <laughs> version. Like, if they decide to re-release it, which it's an Arc System game, of course they will. Yeah. I would actually be okay with that, though. I would pay another $30 for Dragon Ball Z Fighters, Dragon Ball Super Fighters, or whatever you want to call it, to throw, you know, super in there and get a plug. Oh, yeah, especially if they... Add if they another resolve season of characters the, or something. Well, for sure. But even if they just resolve the... It's a very, very small handful of cons I have with this game. A couple of changes that I would make that would make this game perfect. I feel like we haven't actually said much positive about the yeah, game. Yeah, we should probably get onto that fact, first. Outside of the fact that it is gorgeous. So, and it is. 
Yeah, the game's super fun. Like Buck said earlier, it's a it's a three on three tag based fighting game. And it's some kind of plays like Marvel vs. Capcom, but it also has a lot of limiting factors in how you can interact with the uh, other two members on your team. Do you want you want to speak about that? Especially if people they always want to hear you talk about Infinite, so you can kind of. <laughs> well, I even touched on that earlier, but no, there's a it is a three on three. Basically, with the the genre is almost called a versus fighter now. Do the Marvel vs. Capcom games and X Men vs. Street Fighter and whatnot. And in those games, uh, the characters you pick generally have three different assists to fit the the style of your team. But in Dragon Ball Fighters, everyone just has a single assist, which it is the biggest con of the game. Easily, yeah. because it makes some characters just automatically get picked. Like Super Super Saiyan Vegeta gets picked, or at least did before he got patched. I think he still does get picked on most teams just because. His assist is by far and away the best in the game. And, like, I use Nappa on my team, who apparently is, like, on the lowest period on the tier list. And his assist is slow and, you know, nothing special out there. But apparently, like, no one plays him except me, I think, just because his assist isn't very good. It's not a projectile, and it just is kind of like a, basically a bomb that goes off in one spot. Yeah, the, the biggest problem is, is about a third of the cast has useful assists in almost every scenario. If your character has a beeb assist or uh, an assist that can lock down the enemy for like a second, that gives you the ability to kind of do whatever you want for different types of setups during like block strings and stuff like that. Yeah, it's an extremely rush-focused fighting game, Dragon Ball Fighters, as you want to be basically an offense trying to mix up your opponent at all times. And if your um, character doing the assist can give you that like Chuck said, that one to two seconds of an opening where you can try and, you know, cross them up or do whatever, get that extra hit in and start your combo string again, then they're worth picking. If your opponent is blocking, they're losing. That That's how this game works. For better or worse, that's pretty much how it works. Yeah. So, like, like I was saying, like one third of the roster has assists that are useful like that. But... The other two-thirds, their assists are only situationally useful. So, or they're, or they're borderline crap. I mean, yeah, there's definitely some of those. There's like a third that are, that are good. There's a third that are situationally useful. And there's a third that just suck, like Beerus or Nappa or Krillin. I mean... Yeah, so yeah. why wouldn't you use those characters whose assists are always good? They're good for everything. They're good for zone control. They're good for combo extensions. They're good for lockdown. Why wouldn't you use those characters? And that's a problem. With Marvel vs. Capcom, you had the three choices, and usually at least one of those was, was okay. decent. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't really care about the assist on their point character, which is which means that's the first character on your team. It's still helpful, because you're going to hopefully tag them out before they die at the beginning of the match, and if they have a good assist, that's always better than if they don't. Oh, for sure. And like yeah. in these games, too, like for better or worse, I play characters... Usually that I like, like I'm playing like Gohan and Tian are two of my favorite characters. So they're on my team along with Nappa. Yeah, fortunately, they are pretty good. Nappa's hot garbage, but hey, two out of three is not too bad. That's right. Is Nappa your point character, though? (laughs) He actually is. Oh, see, there you go. That's fine. And I'm assuming Tien's number two and Gohan's three. Or do you save Tien for the end? See your anchor? 
No, Gohan is okay. get meter and he can becomes a beast if he gets powered up too far. I was gonna say either one of them is a the beast. Either one of them is a beast at the end with a uh, meter. Gohan more so though, because Tien hurts himself. Not if he well he does he hurts himself way less if he has uh, sparking on. That's true, but Gohan with sparking in like level seven awaken does insane amounts of damage. Plus you don't need to go on like normal. Light, medium, heavy block strings. You can go heavy, medium, heavy, and just combo ridiculously because it, it the game breaks at that point. Yeah, how often do you actually get to level seven? I'm just curious. Like I've used usually a in a competitive match, I have to be like messing around to get to level seven. Right. Like it's usually like three or four is what I, I usually tend to get to, which you is see, pl- plenty. Yeah, it is plenty. <laughs> but I mean, he's not a great character for supers. Like, and that's the problem. Like. Nappa isn't a great character for supers either. Tian is, but Gohan's not. So it's a, the give and take there. His level three is good for those, though. Assuming you have that much meter to waste. Yeah, and you and someone just charges you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can still uh, you can yeah. still DHC into his level three if you need to. You can, but usually I try and just save that for the other one to power him up as much as possible toward the end. Usually, I don't get you know, seven meters out of, but sometimes I can't get him to level, you know, six or seven and he gets pretty beastly and then does a ton of damage because he's usually my anchor. We got a pretty solid team outside Nappa, I'll give you that. And Nappa, you'd be surprised, Nappa wrecks people more than the other two online because I think people just aren't used to playing him. I believe that. Probably my best character playing random people online and I'm kind of the opposite of you where I go more for the online aspect since we don't get to play each other in person really anymore and just occasionally if we both get you know free time on psn or whatnot but otherwise i'm just mostly playing randos online and napa's helped me rank up to fairly high i think i'm either super saiyan 3 or demon ranked i don't remember it doesn't mean much to me but i'm assuming it's like 525,000 power level or 575 or something it's not too bad it's getting up there it's nowhere near the people obviously toward the top but it's decent <laughs> i was gonna say the people at the top have like over a million i'm over nine thousand. I'll i'll say that and napa usually puts in a majority of the work i swear just because i never play against them and no one ever plays as him so i think he just confuses people well, they're probably just confused why you're using him that's got to be it probably and i was gonna say tn's just... like your only good assist gohan's assist isn't that great no, because it's hard to, it's basically a sure you can, and it's hard to time that right, at least for me. I'm not at that, you know, Sonic Fox level where I can constantly string things together and time everything perfectly. Yeah, I mean, like, Gohan and, and Nappa are both perfect examples of characters that would easily see more play if they added uh, two or even three assist choices for each character. Like, a lot more, you would see a lot more variety in tournaments, I think. If they gave us that option, or at least until, you know, people find out, you know, top 10 best characters, they're always going to do that eventually. But it would add a heck of a lot of variety. And that would be the if they were going to only make one change going into the next version, that that would be it for me. Yeah, for sure. Because like we said earlier, a lot of people play close to the same. I mean, if you're in a a one on one fight, there's definitely people that have advantages, but. It's fairly even across the board. But yeah, once you add the assists and everything else in there, it's not a fair fight anymore. Yeah, if it was just a uh, 1v1 fighter, 
it is a pretty balanced game overall. But I can't use Android 18 because her assist is absolute garbage. I'd argue yeah. it's worse. I'd argue it's worse than Nappa's. Yeah, but I think her other move set is probably better. I thought she was like tier one when the game launched too. I swear everyone was using her. She was tier one during the beta. Uh, she was my uh, she was my golden ticket to all my victories. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Yeah, no, her her whole moveset's pretty good. Um, the only thing I haven't really tapped into is, you know, using her with 17. I haven't really gotten used to that uh, part of her game plan, but uh, otherwise she's pretty good. But, I mean, my team, I still haven't quite nailed it down. I'm a huge Vegeta fan, so I tend to lean a lot towards his characters, and thankfully there is such a plethora of Vegetas in this game. My God. Too many. No, there are too many. I absolutely agree. Uh, but I would say if I was going to pick a team that I would uh, main, I would want it to be Captain Ginyu, uh, Super Saiyan, Blue Vegeta, and uh, Super Saiyan Vegeta. That would be my favorite team to play. Man, you're getting two Vegetas in there. Well, like I said, he is my he is my favorite character to play in the game, and I think Super Saiyan Blue Vegeta is probably the most... I think he's probably the most fun character. And definitely one of the most flashy ones in the game. So part of why I like him, unfortunately, his assist sucks. And then Super Saiyan Vegeta, obviously, because every other team uses him, because his assist is bonkers. And Ginyu needs good assists on his team to make his his setups work out okay. Yeah, his Ginyu force work out. I would, yeah. I would say Super Saiyan Blue Vegeta is the the coolest character to watch. I, I mean, I hate Vegeta personally, but I think Super Saiyan Blue Vegeta has some sweet-looking moves. I know tier lists, he's not very high either. He's actually fairly close to Nappa, I think, toward the bottom. But his stuff in action looks really cool. Yeah. I mean, he, he looks he looks way... He's way more fun, and he looks way more flashy than even base Vegeta, even though base Vegeta is supposed to be the best one out of all of them. I, I totally forgot about base Vegeta. <laughs> I know you did. Well, first off, you, you hate Vegeta. Second off, he's one of the most recently released characters. And you actually... You don't have access to the DLC characters in your game. No, I, I don't have the DLC. I need to pick the game back up because I haven't played in a while. I kind of burned myself out on it when I played it. The whole time you were playing Monster Hunter, I was playing Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah, I, I made the mistake of putting Monster Hunter in my PS4 first before I played this one. And because uh, I thought that Monster Hunter would just kind of be just like a passing fad for me because I've never been a really big fan of the series before then. And I got it to play with a couple of my buddies and it just, it hooked me immediately, which was almost frustrating, but still awesome at the same time. And yeah, the reason that the biggest reason I stopped is because uh, you get to a certain point and there's, there's no penalty for rage quitting. So you get high enough level up there and, everyone will just disconnect on you if they're about to lose. And you don't get a win. They don't get a loss. There's no repercussions for it. And then, plus, like, you get little... They rank you by a little square next to your name. So, like, a white square means you just started. Um, like, then it goes to green, dark green, light green. Then you go to yellow. And then you get up to red and then pink. And once you get to about the red square, people start ducking you. You get to the pink square, and basically about one out of five fights someone will actually take. And sometimes it takes two to three minutes to find a challenger. And then you have to wait out a minute if they 
decide they don't want to accept a fight a lot of times, they'll just let it sit. So it can be, it was getting to the point where it was getting to be 15 to 20 minutes in between being able to find a match, which is just ridiculous. Oh yeah, that's unacceptable. Two to three minutes is egregious enough. And then you find a match, and then they just disconnect on you if you're about to win, or if if I'm going to lose, I'll actually take the L, and then my record's just tanking because I'm not getting wins, and I'm just losing to people, which is super annoying. Yeah, so there's absolutely nothing built into the game to try to dissuade that? No, you have to... I think you have to rage quit over half your matches to get, like, the blue icon of basically a rage quitter. Yeah, I mean, you have to suck really bad to rage quit half your matches. Or just be a huge baby. Because I I ran only a couple people like that, period. But yeah, you get up higher and see people with extremely good records, there's a good shot they're going to rage quit on you. Of course, if they're losing, if they're beating you, you know it'll be fine. And I've had matches where, like, I'll win the first round or something, or lose the first round and be destroying them the second, or even win the second, and then they'll just rage quit at the end, like our game three or something. And when you say round, you mean character, right? No, I've had it where, like, if someone maybe even beats me, like, it's a two out of three system you can do online, like, if you win or lose, except a rematch, like, I'll do a rematch, and then I'll be killing them, they'll just rage quit. Or vice versa, like they lose one game and they'll just rage quit. So it's just, it's a super frustrating system. Yeah, that sounds ridiculous. Well, there, there's another change they need to make then. And that I doesn't seem the, like that would be that difficult because I know yeah, other fighting that's games have the biggest have done change, that. period. Because in our good old game Marvel over there, they put you in like a, a rage quitting room basically where everyone you're going to fight rage quits and you have to do your best to, to get out of there. And it's also an L, like, I'd, sometimes my internet here's sketchy and I lost a complete rank because it disconnected. That was super frustrating. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. That's maybe almost uh, too I'd much rather, of a penalty, I'd maybe. I'd rather I don't have know. it like that, though, because that deters people from rage quitting. Like, no one rage quits, then they're just going to take an L because they'll lose way less than they will if they actually rage quit. Yeah, yeah that... I never really understood like the importance of just like having like that really good record and not being able to just admit that you've been defeated. You learn from the match. You try to get better. Like it, it takes so long to you know quit the game, restart it, get back logged in for it to even seem worth it. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand. Just take the L, and like you said, you learn more from a loss. They say it in sports all the time. You learn more from a loss than a win. Because if you're winning all the time, well, you got nothing to change. Yeah, no, that's frustrating. Uh, I definitely need to jump online and and, and test that out. But uh, so I'm sure you've gotten a lot better since we last played too. I'd like to play you again. I'm sure. I'm sure my Ginyu work is uh, top notch at this point. I would imagine. I have. I'm in probably the top 50 Ginyu players of all time. I have no doubt. Yeah, I, I do. I do. Yeah, no, I, I'm certain I'm better, but yeah, my uh, my combo strings aren't great. I haven't, I still haven't uh, taken the time to sit down for like an hour or so and just figure out the the bread and butter combo for everybody. Yeah, at least once you do, once you find it with one person, you pretty much have it with everyone. I'm sure there's a few exceptions, and I, I just want to jump. I don't play any of the weird characters like Yamcha or anything where they have exceptions to the rules. Or hit, I know is kind of a almost like yeah. a counter character. 
Well, he's a ground-based character, so like once he gets a character in the air, there's like really nothing he can do. Yeah, that's why I can't really play him because at the beginning too, I was like super focused on uh, dragon rushing, and like people, not that many people will uh, take advantage of that online. I think part of it's a connection, and part of it's just at the lower level that you can pretty much just dragon rush and own people. And I think part of it's just a lag issue, and it's hard to counter that online. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting mechanic that uh, fighters has to itself amongst the amongst fighting game series. Uh, Dragon Rush allows your character by just pushing one button to just fly and home in on the enemy wherever they are on the screen. For and start free. a free combo, basically, if you if they're not blocking, if they're not blocking, and if they don't counter you. Now, if they block it, they're still in. You're still at the advantage because you're on top of them, and they can't. If they blocked it, they can't punish you for it. They have to actually counter and punish it to be able to, for it to hurt you. Yes. Which the problem is, is what I've heard is there's really only one way to counter it, whereas a lot of other things in the game, there's a lot of different ways to punish it. So Dragon and Rush... And timing, at least for me, it took a while to get the timing down. It felt kind of wonky, because if you swing too early, then you're not going to counter it, and you're just going to get hit. I mean, it seems so fast, it seems like the window wouldn't be that big, but yeah, it can be. The one cool thing, though, it, it definitely makes it feel like Dragon Ball. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's so Watch iconic. It. I mean... Yeah. No, I think, it's, I think it's a cool option to have. But yeah, what, when you start out at like the lower difficulties and you see like how useful it is against people that don't know what they're doing, it can actually get be pretty difficult to break the habit of use, like trying to abuse it. That's what happened to me. I used to use it all the time, and then I got up a little higher rank, and then I would just get destroyed every time I used it. People would start countering it, so I end up not using it, you know, a third as much as I used to. But yeah, yeah there so, for a while when I could just drag and rush everyone and there was no consequences to it. And it was just you could basically destroy people from that. That's what I was doing all the time until I took those L's like we talked about and it didn't work. And that's not to say it's not useful because it still is useful, but just don't use it all the time. At, at the higher levels, you kind of have to uh, also try to play uh, a decent neutral game using your assists to you know, lock down the opponent so you can get closer to them or try and cross them up or things like that. Uh, but you just can't abuse the Dragon Rush. That's really all there is to it. But there's other options, too. Like, what's the, what's the throw option called? Oh, the one where you um, just hit R1, basically? Yeah. I don't remember what that's called. Yeah, I don't remember. Dragon head. throw. <laughs> yeah, that's totally it. We seem so prepared right now. Yeah. But yeah, so each character has pretty much the same. Every every character has a access to one throw, which is this this kind of rushing mechanic in the air or the ground, which is different than the dragon rush. Uh, that the character or the your opponent can't block it. It is a it is a it's a throw, and then you end up doing a couple hints and launching before not a full combo, but you will get like half a combo off of it, and you can you can do some stuff uh, from it. But it's a, it's just another option that you have when your uh, opponent is is blocking and trying to figure out what you're going to do to kind of play mind games with them so they don't quite know what's coming. And you can be like you can be punched out of that pretty much right before they start it. Like they're super open if they try and go for that throw. But you see that used a lot in pro play where they can just doing everything to cross someone up instead of 
you know, because people don't want to hit a button, they'll be blocking, and then you just hit, you know, R1 or whatever the corresponding control is on Xbox. And if they're turtling and blocking, they'll just basically grab them and then get stuck in a combo all over again. Yeah, can you reflect that? No, you not to my knowledge. You can, I mean, like I said, you can basically hit any button and they'll you'll hit them out of it right before they catch you in it. But I don't think there's anything you can do to really stop it. Besides do it back to them. That's another yeah. option. If you both do it, you'll get in a little clash and then you'll just then jump you do away nothing. from each other. Yeah. Which is a nice little nod to the show because that's like half of the action scenes. <laughs> so that that part's nice. What other mechanics we want to talk about here? Well, the the uh, sparking, is that what it's called? Or basically yeah. X-Factor for yeah, Marvel's Capcom? Yeah, it's called sparking. Yeah, the comeback factor. Comeback mechanic is, it's not quite X-Factor ridiculous in MVC3, but it can definitely... Not power-wise, but survival-wise it can be. Yeah, that's the true. The kind of I mean, attacks you could eat is crazy. Yeah, I always get super hyped when watching, like, pros play like Sonic Fox or, you know, Hook Gang God or the other top people up there if they'll have like one down to one character and they have it sparking saved up and then have a comeback like I know I saw someone Evo had just Gohan left against three characters and came all the way back pretty much with sparking a versus game without a comeback mechanic seems not like a versus game like it's very exciting I know that Marvel vs. Capcom 3 that one was a little broken depending upon what characters you were using but still Still very exciting, and that's it why people like to play it. Moments. <laughs> oh, absolutely! And I mean, that's that's what fighting games are all about. That's what's remembered. So, something a little broken like that is fine because both opponents have it anyway. So it's broken on both ends. So it's an yeah, even any playing kind of field. Versus game like this is never going to be completely balanced anyway. No, this one's one of the closer ones. Yeah, I'd say there's yeah, it's pretty solid. Yeah. Well, if anybody doesn't actually know what sparking uh, is, basically each opponent gets one use of it per match. And depending upon how many characters you have on your squad that are still living, it has it has different components to it. So it'll it'll last. I don't know what the base length of it is. I think it'll last for like five, 10, 20 seconds, depending upon like how many characters you have left. And it also boosts the damage that your character does and it also allows your character I think does it allow all your characters to regenerate health or just the active one? I can't remember. It allows all of them to regenerate the red health, right? I think so. But uh for the most part it's it's useful for getting a little bit of extra damage in a combo where you you wouldn't be able to kill another character on the opponent's team without that little bit of power. And killing somebody's character in a versus game is like Gimping them in the best the kind most of way. Important thing, yeah. Yes, they will have one less dis- one less assist. They will have one less health bar that they could potentially regenerate depending upon how they're playing, and that's huge. So being able to use it like that in a strategic way is almost always worth it. But a lot of people tend to save it for the end of the match when they only have one character. When you get the most benefits out of it, you get huge health regain where you can eat. Several level three hyper com- or hyper combos, level three <laughs> supers, and you'll be regenerating health while they're doing damage to you, and they kind of just have to wait it out. And the thing about extent. level three supers in that game too, they only do what 
I don't know, you want to call it red health. They don't do like true damage. They do only do damage you can get back. So level threes are good to be used to kill someone to finish off a character. But like if Chuck hits me with a level three, I could immediately go into my sparking and get 100% of that life back. Yeah. So, but if you use your level one, it he would have only a small fraction of that regenerable re- regenerator. <laughs> Something he gets some help back. back. <laughs> like yeah. it generates and only be a little bit versus the whole thing. You're trying to get some advanced verbiage going on here. That wasn't working. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, there's uh, there, there's different trade offs there. So one of the things that I've heard people complain about is just kind of the the match length. Uh, different most matches are about I want to say about two to three minutes long, and compared to a lot of other versus games, a lot of fighting games in general, where the matches will be anywhere between maybe a minute or two. And some people find that extra minute or so a little too long. I actually don't have that complaint. I don't know. No, I don't think that's an issue at all. But yeah, a lot of games where they'll have the kind of the maximum timer at 99 seconds there, which is uh, just a little over a minute and a half, like a minute and 39 seconds is, is kind of the max time or you just get a timeout on the round where, like you said, Dragon Ball fighters can last, you know, three or so minutes. Yeah, and I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, especially if you're waiting 20 minutes for a match. Good grief. <laughs> exactly. You need yeah, to throw me a bone here. Something. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think it's nice because typically, unless your opponent has just some like ridiculous, like touch of death combos, which are pretty extreme situations in this game. Uh, one or two combos is typically not going to knock out one of your characters. It usually, on average, takes at least three, which is nice because making one mistake, unlike some of the older Marvel vs. Capcom games, is not going to cost you one to two of your characters right off the the top of the match. That can and be so demoralizing. There's usually you have to use a decent amount of meter to finish someone off too, because almost every time, if I have all my characters to finish off another character, I end with three level one combos with all my characters all. And I mean that one, it, it looks really cool just to see all three of your teammates get in there and just do, you know, super after super after super. And then two, you have to have a decent, use a decent amount, like, you know, three bars or possibly even five bars. If you use two level ones, and then a level three to actually finish someone off the scaling damage. And then the amount of, you can actually do with, um, versus like a Marvelous Capcom 3 or something, if you use three people's hypers or possibly even X-Factor, you're usually dead. Yeah, I mean, looking back at Marvelous Capcom, it's like it almost didn't have damage scaling. But they did. The combos just lasted forever. Yeah, and you just got into the hundreds and hundreds of hits. Yeah. Dragon Ball's combos are actually pretty short and sweet overall. There are some cool extensions you can do with assists and, and different types of super combo or supers that will you know keep enemies kind of locked down and then you can do some interesting dhc uh combos and then you know kind of extend them but like i said those touch of death scenarios where you're going to get that much damage and be able to waste like some of them take like seven to nine bars to just kill one character so it's a little overkill even though you get a ton of meter in this game which I think is great because it keeps everything fast and frenetic. And there you Flashy. also have a lot of, yeah, you have a lot of other options to use your meter for, like vanish attacks. And while I don't use a lot of uh, powered up 
special moves. I don't tend to. Some of those can be very useful for positioning enemies as you know, positioning your opponent in the in the corner or something like that, wherever you need him to go. Yeah, and I mean certain with certain characters too, it can really come in handy. Like Nappa has basically a rushdown attack, like quarter circle forward and your um medium medium attack, medium punch, I guess it's just the medium attack in general in this game. He kind of rushes him down, and to be a move, since he's a big dude, you think you might have armor on it, but if you do the heavy attack and use meter, he actually does have armor, which can come in pretty clutch. Um, I, I tend to just find that, but I just end up wasting meter, which can be frustrating. And yeah, I, I have, sure. <laughs> I especially have that problem with uh, Super <laughs> Saiyan Blue Vegeta. He's oh, got okay. the, he has uh, one of the special moves that each part of the uh, special move uses a meter. Oh yeah, so his, tap combo, three yeah times his, his bread and butter combo, basically. Yeah, so I try to avoid that, but sometimes I accidentally, accidentally use it. But like I said, it, it even even different than uh, the Marvel's Capcom series. You just gain meter by walking towards the enemy in this game. <laughs> like they just want cool. you to be offensive the whole time, which is great. Which and is I didn't know that. Of Dragon Ball. Time. Like I didn't notice. Someone had to like I, I was watching a YouTube video and someone was like yeah you get meter just moving towards your character i'm like what i literally you just told me that for the first time i didn't know that oh yeah if you just you know if you just strut towards them you're getting meter nice yeah so i mean that just more promotion to just be in your opponent's face just trying to hit them and stuff so different strategies i'm glad you're learning things about the game i'm glad i could offer something to the conversation here you're teaching me uh, there you go <laughs> You taught me everything else. It's worth it. <laughs> but no, at least like you said, just keeping it offensive like that just makes it feel more like DBZ in general. I mean, that's just the the vibe of the show. Everything's constantly rushing toward each other. You're not, you know, playing like Guile and just camping and ducking. Well, they, they play like Guile a lot. They're just conversing with one another. <laughs> <laughs> that's Okay, fair enough. Thank God it's not like the show where... Yeah, if there was a cutscene every 30 seconds during combat, then it would be authentic DBC. But, I mean, the closest we get to that are just the the super cinematic level threes in this game. I mean, like, all of the supers, all of the special moves, they're so iconic and well-designed for all of the characters. I cannot give Arc System Works enough props for how much care and attention they put towards building each one of these characters' movesets and the amount of time they put into animating all of these just, like, little callbacks, even if it's just for, like, the character dialogue before and after the match, but mostly in the uh, the super animations. Well, look at even a really cool thing they did, too, or the, the certain character endings, like if Super Saiyan, you know, 2 Teen Gohan kills Cell, you basically, with the level 3, you get the... Uh, the end of like the Cell Saga, just basically remade. Oh yeah, it's glorious. I think they're called like dynamic finishes or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Those yeah, are those... really freaking cool, and it's uh, that's just a huge homage to the show, and that's just really cool for them to recreate that. I mean, that's a lot of extra effort they're going out of their way to do that. Otherwise, just two characters beating each other, it's just the end of the match. This you get a super fancy cinematic for it. Yeah, which I, I don't even think that if you didn't know about those, you may not even ever see them. They're not super well hidden, but there there are some specific scenarios that you have to you have to meet to get to see those. Well, especially when everyone I use on my team, I don't think any of them have one. So, yeah, I don't. I 
I don't know if I've ever seen one on accident, to be honest with you. I literally just had to go in. I was like, I just want to see all of them. And not all of them are super epic, but they're they're cool that they are in there as nods to the game. Or not nods to the game, nods to the show in different situations throughout all the different arcs. Actually, and they're I'm even curious. actually adding those for the DLC characters as well. So that's what I was going to ask. More. Like if if like adult Gohan had one like when he beats Broly for his like father son brother Kamehameha or whatever. I'm pretty sure that might be true. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. I remember like obviously Bardock has. Bardock actually has two of them, depending upon who he's fighting. Like, if he kills Frieza, he has a different one. Frieza actually, should have one killing him. That would yeah, be but no, he, they do. that is the main one, but they also have the okay. alternate. Kind of like they have with Yamcha and Nappa. Oh, well, nice. Yeah, have you, have you seen that one? Where, no. Yeah, where, where Yamcha actually kills Nappa instead. <laughs> no, I haven't seen cool. that. Actually, I think the coolest one, and I, I may have have the opposing villain incorrect, but there's one where like Trunks beats like Zamasu or something. And he has this super cool cinematic, like energy sword. Like oh, it looks yeah, like the Omni Slash from yeah, Final Fantasy Seven. Basically like a his he is like God key or whatever his energy sword, like it's blue. Yeah. He, that, he that look, that's actually yeah. like the best in one super. in the game, I'd say. It's oh, really cool. Nice. Looking. That is really cool. Yeah, I didn't actually think they were going to end up doing that with all of the DLC characters and actually like giving them like reasonable, you know, like interactions with all of the existing cast. But with as much care as they put into the rest of the game, I I shouldn't have been surprised. Yeah, it's just those little things where, you know, like you said, they put so much just love and care into it. It's ridiculous. Just the yeah. opposite of Marvel, basically. Yeah, had they done that into the programming of the story mode, it would have been golden. <laughs> That's true. I mean, even some of those, like, as much as I harped on that, as much as both of us did, there are some of the, like, the character interactions, there's little bits of dialogue in the story mode, like, before and after some of the matches, where you'll get, like, unique dialogue between, like, Yamcha and Piccolo, or, like, Vegeta and Krillin or something. Some of those are kind of, kind of cool and kind of interesting. And the thing is, like, they had, they got all the voice cast and the talent there, it's just they had nothing to do for him, basically. I mean, they could have had an epic story mode with the actual, the same cast from the, you know, Japanese and English dubs. Everyone's accounted for. Yeah, well, let me ask you this. I know that we've played through the Dragon Ball story a billion times in every fighting game that's been released in the series. Would you have preferred that they tried not to make something original? And just I would have stuck to the story? Especially with all of these different, with all these uh, different cinematics, it would have yeah. still been cool. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm, I don't know why. I would have they... preferred they actually did like Xenoverse, where they had like alternate timeline stuff, and just kind of had. They could have stuck to the same story and also put twists and turns in there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, anything's better than what they had. So, I mean, the story itself is not even interesting, let alone the gameplay of the story mode. So, yeah. Do we want to talk about, do you have anything else to say about just like the graphics, the gameplay systems, anything like that? No, I mean, everything, uh, my only gripe is like, like we talked about before, all the characters kind of have the same basic combo strings. Like if you learn the one, like you called it the bread and butter combo, you can literally do it with every character in the game, at least from the base roster. 
to my knowledge. Yeah, I think you can even do it with most of the other ones. I'd say it's like 90%. Or like, let's just compare it to Street Fighter, for example. Like, you have your Ryus and Kens, your, you know, basic uh, Shotos, basically they call them in the, the fighting game genre. And then you have charge characters like Guile, and then you have, you know, mashing people kind of like E Honda or Chun Li, and there's just different playing styles. Whereas Dragon Ball Fighters, everyone's kind of cut from the same cloth. They all have pretty much all of the same abilities. They have a couple. They have like two or three special moves that maybe make them different. They all have a a key blast. It's a basic key blast, and then they have their supers to differentiate them, really. And every ones are done the same way. Yes. So every all, every all single person's controls. supers are all done the same way. All the level ones and level threes are all the same. Makes I don't know if it's to bad, learn, but, it, but... It, in a way, it, like the supers, not so much. It, for every single person playing the same way, it feel it'd be like having Street Fighter and every character's like Ryu and Ken. No, I agree, but do you think maybe due to the like speed of the game, certain like character archetypes would not be viable? Oh, there would certainly yeah, would make things difficult. I'm I'm honestly glad that we don't have any um traditional like spam characters that can just kinda spit like uh Hawkeye or anybody like that or Oh like you mean like character. zoning characters? Yeah, like a cheap character I might use. And like a Marvel's Capcom game or something. Yeah, I would say the closest, like, I mean, really the closest attempt they had was Ginyu, and that's not the same. No, definitely not the same. He can't just spam projectiles to an insane degree where other people can't, since everyone has access to projectiles in this game. So it's it's a double-edged sword. It's good and bad. I just kind of wish that there would have been a little more diversity. No, I agree, and... and... I think they actually did a lot to try and resolve that, or they at least tried to get more creative with the DLC characters. They they seem to have put, like, for example, characters like Broly, where they actually have, you know, like armor on several of their moves, unlike Nappa, who only has it on one of his, like, powered-up Meter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Broly has a handful of them that are are like that. And I, I think a lot of them have just like interesting like combo potential. Like like one of my favorite DLC characters is Vegito and he has a lot of interesting long strings and he also has the ability to kind of pop the character up into the air and then also like relaunch them with his like energy sword. And then he has the ability to kind of like dive at them at an angle and then toss them around in different directions depending upon where he wants them to you know be in the stage if he wants them in the corner if he wants a mid-screen he can put them there uh that's something that none of the other characters can really do to my knowledge it seems like maybe uh they just you know had maybe everything was in kind of a rush and when they had more time they could put more ideas into the new characters versus if you're making a base roster you gotta have like 30 people in there it's a lot easier just make some cookie cutter characters and make everybody kind of play the same, or maybe they just got more used to their own system and kind of developed around it, too. I don't know. Yeah, I think what I heard from some developer interviews after, like, the DLC characters came out, uh, people were like, hey, you know, you need to 
he needs to tone Bardock down because Bardock's obviously the best character in the game, even still. But that's how good they want the characters to be. I think they did get more time with the DLC characters. They did get a little bit more time to put in unique move sets. Because doesn't Zamasu kind of fly around too? Or do Zamasu I have has that kind of Magneto kind of fly activation stuff. Yeah, he's he's got he's got like orbs he can put above his head that attack enemies after a few seconds and stuff like that. I've seen him in tournaments and it seems like he does some some cool stuff that's a little bit different. He does some cool stuff, but it's like it's not stuff that I'm ever interested in doing. He doesn't really like doesn't look like he has like flight loops or anything like that insane, but he does have some some stuff that he can do that is much different than the other characters. I'm looking at the other DLC characters. I mean, I even think base Goku is actually a pretty interesting the way they designed him. I feel like he plays the, much differently. The Kaioken stuff? With the Kaioken, the spirit bomb, the spirit bomb being nearly impossible to actually land without very, very specific setups. Yeah. Uh, the Kaioken it feels like is, it should be that way, though. I think they nailed that. I think that's a good thing. No, I think they did, too. He's easily the most interesting Goku of all of them. Even though, I mean, Goku's, he's supposed to be like the Ryu and Ken of the game. Yeah. I don't, I don't have anything wrong with him. He's, he's a good character. He's... He he plays well. He's flashy enough. Is you know, he's the hero of the character or hero of the character. He's the hero <laughs> of the story, so he's got to be pretty good. But yeah, just the different mechanics that they added to just the base the base version of him. They, they nailed all the moves they needed to put on him. The Kaioken, the Kaioken, not the Kaioken. Kaioken <laughs> looks great, and the fact that it you know it powers up when you're when the other characters are dead, that's great. That's super cool. I don't have any arguments there. And he's he's much more unique and different than base Vegeta is. They did not put as much work into him. Although I don't know what they would have done with Vegeta. They gave him all the moves he needed. Yeah, I don't know. There's not really there's he just didn't need to be there. I still like him, though. I, I needed I needed an authentic uh, aerial Gallic gun. That's what I ultimately wanted. <laughs> and I got it, so. And uh, it's unfortunate you haven't got a chance to play Cooler yet, because I know you were looking forward to him. Yeah, he looks, I mean, he looks really cool, no pun intended. So he's got that sweet flying knee, and uh, from, I've just watched videos like Maximilian and other people kind of using him, and he does look really freaking cool. I don't know if he could be a possible Napa replacement or something, we'd have to see, but probably going to jump into that, especially if you're kind of back playing again. I'm back playing all the games now. Got that. I got Destiny, Destiny 2. I'm back, man. Oh, yeah, that's right. You got Forsaken. You're good to go. That's right. That's right. I mean, yeah, I, I think all the DLC characters were actually pretty cool. I would say uh, Zamasu was probably arguably the one I was least interested in, but I'm also, you know, I'm not deep into that Dragon Ball Super lore, so he's not that important to me. But, I mean, I like the fact that they made 17 his own character. I thought that was yeah. cool. I like him, especially his uh, relevance and super and everything. So yeah, exactly. So and I didn't. I didn't even have any idea what his move set was going to be. I don't even know if it's relevant to what he does in the show. It looks yeah. Cool. Do you know anything about Super or the tournament or anything? No, I just know some of the characters. I don't really know any the real plot line. Okay. I know like who the main villains are. Yeah. You don't I, know. I don't know about seventeen it, or anything else. Well, I not really. Okay. I know that he fights for the good guys during the tournament. Yeah, he's like he's got a big role in it. Like he's 
got a lot of episodes focused around him. They made him kind of a big deal, which was fairly surprising. Hey, it's kind of whatever. Yeah, <laughs> they had a lot of character. Well, they had a lot of a lot of characters that they brought back for that. That well, Tien uh, didn't get as much love as Seventeen, which was a shame. He he was in the tournament though, so I don't think Tien ever got as much love as he did during the Cell Saga, and he made everybody proud. He did. That, I I would say. Well, that that's my favorite moment of Tien for sure. Oh, I think that's the best one. Yeah, I mean. Say in Saga, he had his he had some highs. Obviously, an original Dragon Ball, he beat Goku. So, I mean, there's a nice W. Yeah, he's one of the few who's done that. That's true. Yeah. But I think that's... we got a little off topic. <laughs> yeah, we, we did get a little off topic, but that's okay. It's pretty par for the course. <laughs> yeah, I think we pretty much covered like all of the DLC characters. Like I said, we had Bardock, Brawly, Vegito, Zamasu. Base Vegeta, Base Goku, Cooler, and Seventeen. I'll be I thought that was a... that there's not a season two. Oh, I that's gonna be a guarantee. The game sold has sold like over 3.5 million copies so far, and I'm sure the DLC sold relatively well. And I mean, with the quality of the DLC that they put out, and I I think they put out good characters for the most part. Yeah, I'd say so. A lot of fan favorites. And I I mean I still I still have a few that I want. I've actually got a list of about 10 characters. I think that should be in season two. Oh, let's hear it. Okay. First of all, first one, I want more than any other character. You'll probably agree with me on this one. I actually so badly want a Jason Berger combo. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> that like amazing. that would be sweet. I was like, going to say, you better be saying Jace. Like I would love just a Jace character, but I think it has to be Jason Berger together in some way. Hey, so. That would be amazing. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It would have to work a little bit differently than like 17 and 18. It would I would have to be more integrated into the play style, but I I think between the two of them they definitely have a uh, a full move list behind them. And I think that that would be super fun and I need that Australian accent in my game. Right <laughs> yes, now. the original Jace from the yes. original DBZ dub. Yeah, I mean I mean honestly, it's it's hard to argue against any of the Ginyu Force outside of Goldo. Goldo I don't yeah. no, I don't think anybody really likes Goldo. I mean Raccoon great I'd be character. Okay with. I like yeah, Raccoon. Raccoon would would just basically be a slightly different version of Nappa for the yeah. most part, but I don't care. Raccoon's cool. He's got like he, he's kind of he's just kind of goofy and he he's just another big brawler that they could put in. There's not a ton of those in the game. I mean, I love what they did with Captain Ginyu. I thought they did the best that they could, and he definitely is one of the most unique characters in the game. Yeah, that's why, unfortunately, I don't think we'll see Jace or Bird or Raccoon because of that, but yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Well, Although I, we did see 17, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i still hopeful. I don't know how actually popular Jace and Bird are, but if they aren't, they should be. Outside of me and you, I don't know that they're super popular. <laughs> Disappointing. Disappointing. All right, well, I'll move on here. Um, another one I definitely think needs to make it. I, I think Raditz definitely has to make it. Like, yeah, I really like Raditz. I'm, I'm shocked he hasn't been brought back in just the Dragon Ball lore in general. It seems like everyone else has been. He didn't. He made it. Did he not make it back for Super? No. What? He's. I think he's going to be in the. I know they confirmed Nappa for the new Dragon Ball Super Broly movie. So. Yeah, they should know. bring back all the, the OGs for that one. They should. Yeah, that'd be cool. I thought Raditz was sweet. I, I, I always liked his look a lot, and I'd love, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him go Super Saiyan 3. 
I mean, Super Saiyan 1 would be Super Saiyan 3, wouldn't it? It'd be the exact same Well, hair. I'm thinking Super Saiyan 3, he's just, like, rolling around in hair at that point. I don't know. Well, but no, Super I was, Saiyan I always, 1, he might look like, like Marge Simpson. He has so much hair, so... It might, it might get crazy. <laughs> you know, I think I think Redis is a cool character. Uh, another one, we gotta get Roshi. Yeah. I no, I completely agree with that. He's got it. He should have already been in here. He should have been DLC instead of a base Goku or Vegeta. Yeah, he's too iconic. Roshi's not necessarily a character that I'm looking forward to playing, but he's too iconic to the series to not be in there. I think he should be in there, kind of not not as a bad character, but somewhat as a a jokish character, or throw in his his buffed out form. One of the two. Or well, even I, I, that'd Ball, be his, his level three. Dragon. I feel like would be his where he gets super buff and does his Kamehameha. It could be, that or could it could out. do his Mafuba, where he gets people in their little jar and seals them away in different dimension. Is, was that from Dragon Ball that he did? That? Yeah, it was from the original Dragon Ball. They actually bring it back in the Tournament of Power. Oh, cool. Okay, and then I then straight off Hercule. Yeah, definitely. He's a fan favorite. I'd say. He's probably even more popular than Roshi in a lot of people's eyes. Especially for the Dragon Ball Z only crowd, which is a big crowd, I feel like. I don't necessarily know what they would do with his his moveset. I know they've tried a bunch of different things in some of the, the 3D games. Pretty much just made him a joke character overall, which makes sense. They could incorporate maybe like Fat Boo in there. That's kind of a sidekick. They could do that or they could like make have like Videl watch over him. That's true, but I because I, I know a lot of people would like Videl in there because there's not a whole lot of female characters in the roster, but there's also not a whole lot of like female representation in Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah, like you unless they put like Bulma in a mech suit and just make her Tron Bon. I don't. Well, you know they're gonna bring out Khalifa or whatever her name is yep. the, the Super Saiyan Broly chick. Yeah, I mean that's fine. I don't know yeah. much about her. I know what she looks Tefla, like. I, know I guess is her name. Yeah. yeah. The two few Saiyans from Universe Six. Yeah, I mean that would be uh, that would be a good option for sure. Since we only have at, the, at this point, we have two female characters. Yeah, and one they made for this game. <laughs> yeah. So let's see another one. Uh, th- I think this is the only one I'm bringing from a movie, and I think it's because he'll have a a fairly unique combat style, and that would be Janemba. I actually like him quite a bit. How wouldn't you mind seeing like Doctor Wheelow back from the the world's strongest movie as the robot? Either that or the old man. Either one was he the robot or the old man? Oh, maybe he was the maybe he was the old man. Well, you know who I wanted to see who could fit the the old man. Doctor Jero would be interesting. He would have an interesting potential combat style. I don't know how it would work in the in the context of the game, but he'd have to definitely be like a a counter character. Yeah, we could like steal someone's key or power or something. Yeah, I mean, twenty one already does that to a certain extent. Well, some of us haven't unlocked her because they haven't played beat the story mode, even oh, though they played. Well, the she's like Kirby; online. she like steals moves. So oh, okay. So I mean, yeah, Doctor Jero might be cool, but I don't. I think with seventeen and eighteen in here, I don't think many people are going to think he's probably important enough to bring back uh i think zarbon would be cool yeah zarbon and he could have his like transform into his huge uh ugly roided form too oh he'd have to i mean that's like the only movie has that's unique 
<laughs> I just like him as a character. His hair. I clearly just like like beautiful men in this series. <laughs> Jason Zarbon, just that's going to be my team. <laughs> Love have someone else on there. Napa, he's a beautiful <laughs> man. <laughs> well, I want to get the that super roided trunks that fought oh, Zelda. Yeah. That was would be last. Sweet. He was awesome. Yeah, that'd be an interesting character. It like moved slow, but he was roided out of his mind and huge, and his hair was like spiked up in every direction, like he got struck by lightning. Yeah, what was that forum called? Was it like Enhanced Super Saiyan Two or something? It was uh, it was it Ascended Super Saiyan? It wasn't that's Super what, Saiyan Two. That's what it was. Yeah, it was Ascended Super Saiyan. Super Saiyan steroids. Yeah, that was pretty cool, and and he could actually retain that after a while, couldn't he? Yeah, he could do that. He was just like, he didn't, he just moved slow and it wasn't that useful, but man, it'd be cool. I always liked it. Yeah, I mean, we, I, I mean, uh, a version of Trunks that's not using a sword would be fine. Although, I mean, I like the, the version of Trunks they have in here. Yeah, he's kind of a, he's one of the few, like, command grab based characters. Yeah, if you want to call any of the characters command well, I mean, grab. It's I most, mean, have... more than anyone is. <laughs> yeah, he's got like two. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, that's fair. That Pycon. Not really. No, you don't, you don't want another. He's not actually he's not actually Namekian, is he? No, I think he was just a weird alien, like filler dude. <laughs> he came back in Super though, didn't he? No. No. Or is it? I oh, know he was in uh, the uh, Fusion Reborn with Janemba. That's what it was. He came back. Yeah, for he that. was in that one. Yeah, I mean, Super does have some characters. They have um, Kava, who they introduce, is like a, a Saiyan from, obviously, um, Universe 6. And they have, I'm sure they'll have Jiren and his people in there eventually, the Pride Troopers, which is like the fake Ginyu Force. They could definitely throw some people in there uh, from Super, and I'm sure they will, but a lot of the next DLC, I bet they have at least two characters from that. As far as like Topo or Jiren or the dude that looked like a rabbit, I don't remember who he was. What about like Whis? I don't. Does he ever really fight though? I mean, he could definitely be in there, but he never really. He seems like he even more really. powerful than um, Beerus, but he never really does anything except that's just true. Randomly saves him. That's true. I would. What I would personally like to see is that actually. Um, Go from GT and like it see like a Super Saiyan four. No, that would be cool. I wouldn't mind seeing like a Super Saiyan four if they're getting more Goku's and Vegeta's. So why not throw a couple more on there? So yeah, no, this like could be cool. It. I mean, they have they have different moves and uh, yeah, they have a lot different moves and they I, those are actually some of the coolest looking transformations in my book. Even though I didn't like GT as a whole, I thought they had a couple good ideas from it. Yeah, I can't remember is uh, is, is Gogeta is that canon or not? Uh, Gogeta is not canon, technically Vegito is, because okay. if you look at GT as non-canon, which I think most people do, then he's non-canon. He was in GT, so. Okay. Well, lame. So I guess we won't get him. But yeah, no, I think that would be cool. Like, I mean, they don't, obviously don't have to bring in the entire roster of GT. Please don't do that. No. Not a good show. Pretty terrible show, but they had some cool, a couple cool I'm transformations, if nothing else. Yeah, well, I mean, they could. I don't. I don't know what Shinron's move list would be, or like not Omega Shinron. Shinron. Yeah, Omega Shinron. About? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. 
I don't know because I don't remember. I, I think I saw that fight. I know I haven't even watched all of GT because I tried to and it was so painful that I didn't do it. And I watched toward the end. They tried. You could tell that they weren't happy in the direction the fans weren't. So they tried to change it to be more like Super or more like Dragon Ball Z and more like Super. Tried to change it to be more like a battle focused anime instead of like a gag anime. So it got a little better toward the end or more of what people wanted, but it's still tough to watch. That's fair. Is there Are there any characters from the movies that you'd want to see besides, uh, like you mentioned, from the World's Strongest? I know a lot of people are... I don't know why people like want Turles in here. We don't need another generic Saiyan. Yeah, he literally looks exactly like Goku, except he's like Goku with a tan. I don't know why we need another one... Another random dude in Saiyan armor. Well, he also had zero moves. Like yeah, he... he ate fruit. Yes, that's right. That was his move. That's the best thing he did. If they were going to get any of them there, I'd throw in Lord Slug. He was the coolest one. But like his biggest claim to fame is like growing huge. So that'd be tough to do. Yeah, you could only do that during a level three or something like that. Other than that, a lot of the characters like Cooler was there. A couple times, Brawly was there three times. There's a lot of characters that got rehashed through movies. What about that redneck android? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that android 14 or 13? I have no idea. Yeah, he, he was cool. That was the only other unique one I could come up with. <laughs> so that was actually one of the better movies, too. Yeah, that one wasn't bad. I actually didn't like the uh, the Lord Slug one that much. See, I liked that one a lot. I thought that one was cool. I, just I didn't like, like the, the ending. one with Turles very I, I just, much. Oh yeah, the Tree of Might. Yeah, that no, yeah. it's not that great. Well, I did the Lord Slug one. It was just like the end of it was like the most ridiculous way I've ever seen like Goku win. It was just like the most miracle working I can fathom that I've almost ever seen in anime. Uh, that's. That's saying something. I know. I mean, he just heard Disturbed came on, he heard Stupefy, and then he just got ripped. That's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> that's what it was. That's what that's what I do. Exactly. It's, it's the same thing. Sense. But yeah, I mean, they still got a, a pretty good group of characters to still work off of. I mean, definitely enough for at least one more season. Oh, I don't there's know. plenty of characters that I'm not even thinking of, and they have a about 20 more characters they could draw. Super had two different tournaments. They could draw a bunch of people from those. So they have plenty of stuff to draw from. Well, yeah, and they have, like, how many more Saiyan transformations now? Like three or four new ones. And I'm sure they have 37 more iterations of Goku and Vegeta we can throw out there, too, that we'll probably get. That will be painful, but I think that's the... Even though, unless we get Super Saiyan 4, then I'm cool with that. I don't know, like like I said, I haven't seen Super, so I don't have, know if any of the the Ultra Instinct transformations are anything to write home about as far um, as technique. Not really. Go. Goku gets uh like silver hair and no, I know what it, I know what he looks like. I just don't know like if he has any like cool original moves or if they're just buffed up Kamehameha's and things like that. So No, I don't even remember him doing like many energy attacks, period. He was just in one of his like angry states where he gets quiet and owns people <laughs> yeah yeah they got well like i said they got a ton of characters they'll they'll figure something out i think they need to go back to some of the more uh, original iconic ones like like roshi and definitely raditz bring raditz make raditz great again make raditz great again yeah before <laughs> 2020 <laughs> yeah. 
So, so yeah, just overall, really kind of almost a dream come true game, really. Yeah, like I mean, never, if, never if we go back to when we met back in 98, if we could imagine this coming out, like, that would have been insane. Yeah, no, I didn't even imagine it when they, when I saw the announcement trailer. I was just like, what? This can't be real. And I was worried. I was like, okay, that's just the, that's just the cinematic. It just looks. It did. The whole thing looks cinematic. Yeah, and then it just just transitions like directly into the gameplay. I'm just like, oh my god, this (laughs) this is gonna be something. And it it absolutely was. It's a it's a great game. It's got a lot of promise. I'm glad it's getting as much fanfare and it's as popular. And the FGC is taking it as seriously as it is because I know that they tried to design it to be a competitive fighting game, and I think they are definitely making the proper strides. All they need to do, add a couple of assist choices for each character, definitely improve the net code. Get us a decent story mode. Yeah, that'd be good too, but don't waste resources on that. I'd like more characters and just just give me the assists. Yeah, just fix the net code and give us more characters that are unique and fix the assists. And at that point, I, I definitely think it would probably be as as perfect as it could be, because yeah. Besides those, I mean, I really don't have any arguments about it because the gameplay just feels good. It's fast. It's fluid. Nothing seems really broken because they're doing a good job of actually patching it and balancing it. As as far as I'm concerned. And I mean, they're not the people that they're they're nerfing or switching. They're not like killing them either, like you see in some games. Everyone's yeah, they, still perfectly viable. Like a lot of the developers said, they're like the characters that are are at and or near the top. That's where we want all of the characters to be, which I know is difficult to balance that, especially like when you've already created a move set that is not as good as another characters. I'm sure that's very difficult as a game developer. I, I'm sure I don't have any idea. I just have ideas. <laughs> so, yeah, a wonderful game. I think it definitely lived up to both of our expectations and then some. I hope I hope we actually see a re-release of it next year. I think that would be promising. Probably, maybe in the at the end of spring, maybe early summer. Get a re-release. Yeah, I'd definitely of it. be good with that. Get yeah, sometime in the summer when usually gaming's kind of in a drought for the year. Which I don't know if that exists anymore, but if it does, it'd be a perfect time to release it. Heck yeah, and I'll, I'll be looking forward to it, and maybe I'll 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 put in enough time to actually get get good online. Well, you're gonna have to jump online this weekend. I gotta. I'm gonna have some games on there. Oh, I gotta... wow. well, I'm not in town this weekend. Oh, that's true. Remember, I got a four-day weekend coming up. I am so excited. <laughs> I'll enjoy that instead. Maybe, maybe two weekends from now when I'm not busy playing the Nuzlocke Challenge. Uh, yeah, we we know you'll be. That's what you're gonna do with your four-day weekend on your getaway trip. That's right. It's gonna be <laughs> great. It's gonna be great. Maybe I'll get Dragon Ball Fighters for my Switch, and I'll take it and I'll practice on the road. <laughs> there you go. Good luck on that controller. All right, Buck. Well, I think that's about all I have for it. So yeah, we covered everything. Where can, the, where can the fans find us? We're on Twitter at BuckChuckGaming. And definitely uh, hit us up on there. We're getting a, a decent little following, so we definitely appreciate everyone following us on there. And let us know what you think of the podcast, what you think of Dragon Ball Fighters this week, what your experiences are with it, and uh, any feedback. Yeah, any feedback you may have for us, let us know. And we're also on the iTunes App Store. And SoundCloud. I always forget SoundCloud. We're definitely on SoundCloud, too. 
So yes, we are. Give us, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, subscribe to us on SoundCloud. So anywhere you see us, just give us a sub. We appreciate it. Yeah, we look forward to any feedback and any comments and any ideas for future episodes. And as always, I'm Chuck. And I'm Buck. And you've been listening to the Buck and Chuck Gaming Connection. Later, guys. Thanks, guys.